0: The mics are hot. I can only mean one thing. Introducing Buckets and Beyond, your friendly neighborhood maps podcast. We out here. We out here. Um, I, I'm your host, Ben Seibel, and I'm joined by Jay Bonnie, live from the Immaculate Live studio. What up, what
1: up, what up, man? Good morning. Yeah.
0: We're, we're Buckets and Beyond. We love to talk some Dallas Mavericks basketball, and we'll occasionally talk about some nerdy stuff like Star Wars or DC or Marvel. But today, strictly Buckets. Um, and we just kind of wanted to get into it. The Mavs, your Dallas Mavericks, uh, had a pretty decent week considering Um, they started the week off, uh, by beating the Orlando magic and then they beat the thunder and then they beat the Toronto Raptors. And then they came up against the, those dreaded Suns that seem to find a way to beat us regardless uh, for the past five years. Uh, and we had, we we were kind of running with them for most of the game. And then the Suns just kind of turned on the burners. And we kept uh, turning the ball over. We ended up giving that one up to the Suns. So we finished the week three and one, which is good for fifth in the West. We're uh, 26 and 20. So, Jay, as you're in the Immaculate Vibe studio, how are you feeling about yes. this team now that uh, KP's been back with the boys?
1: And KP's been back. He's, uh, I, I think he's still ramping it up, but. It's, it was a good week. It was a good week. I'ma tell you this. The Suns lost hurts. The Suns lost hurts. Because th- those are the kind of games that you would love to see the Mavericks steal. And if we could win games like that, and if we could perform in the fourth quarter, that would just give this team and just give the fan base a lot of confidence. Um, you know, just going forward, going into the playoffs. Yeah, you know, like when you think about how we're gonna play the if, if we play the Suns in a series, if we played them like how we've been playing them, and and letting them just like keep their composure all throughout the game and us just completely fall apart towards the end of the game and, and make a lot of silly mistakes. Um, like when it really, really counts, that's scary. Cause although we went three and one in the last week, like two of the teams we beat are kind of like trash, bro. We beat the Orlando magic. Sure. For sure. For sure. Lottery team trash. We held them a 92 points. Um, which is, I mean, a great game. That game, we cooked them. Like, that That was a great... Honestly, I was a little bit bored. I started applying for a job. Like, I started, like... <laughs> I started just, like, getting little things done during that game because I was like, man, like, looking pretty solid. Looking pretty solid. We're, we're consistently staying a few points ahead, you know? Like, we're keeping the possessions down. We're keeping everything in check. Like, um, that, was a tight, that was a pretty tight game. Um, real defensive first half. Like, real solid start for the Mavs. Like, I, I hate seeing this kind of let teams run it up early and then and then we kind of uh get it together um especially against a bad team but it, it's, it's great to see the team like you know kind of kind of start strong and keep it going throughout the whole time but you know magic trash uh the thunder another team we beat right after the magic um uh, also trash so like Beating these bad teams and being them convincingly is cool, but you would love to see them beat the Suns. And, and And by now, we've had pretty much a repeat of the same game like three times now this season where it's competitive and and we have moments of, of greatness. But towards the end, we start to see us just kind of revert to the Mavericks that we've always known for the last decade. You know, we just kind of see them kind of uh, – you know, like ball watch, uh, we see, we see them lose confidence. You know, so certain shots aren't going in. I was praising like in that thunder game at the end of the thunder game, we kind of saw the same thing. Like we saw some, some bricks from Timmy, Josh green, missing his free throws at the end of it. it like those things could have easily sealed it up. We could have just really tied that game up and left, but, but something, I don't know, something's going on, man. Like the, the team is not, they're not high executors at the very end of the game. And they're not always on when it really, really counts. So, I mean, good week, good wins. We're still moving up. We're five games away from third place. We're we're in this thing, man, where we are not a, a playing team. We are not a lottery team. We are not any of those by any means. We're not quite contenders yet, but, like, we're damn close. And if they could if if they could go on a hot run, if if shooting comes together for a couple guys, shooting was also not very good this this week. Um, I mean like, look at the scores we we didn't we didn't hit 110 in any of these games. Um, but if shooting could come together, then we might have a chance to like move up even further than we've been moving up and we've been rocking out. so I, I can't complain. I can't complain. Um, I'm not confident we're like a, a win two playoff series team or or anything like that, but but it's it's good to see them keeping it together. And it's good that the games are fun. Like like these 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 been some damn good games. So that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. My vibe checks like a lukewarm, a lukewarm, you know, a lukewarm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I you know. hear you. I feel like um, I was I was trying to manage my expectations because because Porzingis comes back uh, in the Orlando game. After after the uh, euphoric high of beating the Grizzlies the way we did, and that was just we were kind of like oh now KP's back now we're really going to start like clicking and um and I think what what we kind of have to realize and it's hard to kind of you know um, when you're in the game and you're getting excited about this team is as. Uh, c- KP is on a minutes restriction. So there are times in the game where like we're trying to get him warmed up or we're trying to like get him, you know, comfortable back, uh, back in the swing of things. And because he's limited, um, he may not be able to contribute as much as we would like in the fourth quarter, um, like in that Suns game, or or, uh, he might not be able to help close out games maybe because he's hit that limit already or, or, or things like that. So I think this is kind of just like a, uh, a proving ground right now is, is just trying to, uh get uh, try to keep everything we had going defensively and you know as a ball move and from a ball movement standpoint once KP's back and, and that's part of what the, this team is trying to learn learn around him and <clears throat> see if we can keep everything going I think what was brutal about the first two sons losses earlier in the year is that Luca couldn't play in either of them and you know we were still so close they were still like you know you know right there at the fourth but Chris Paul and, and Devin Booker just turned it on for whatever like they always oh. do. And they always, and they've always, especially Booker has always done it to the maps. That's just kind of how he is. But now we're, we're going into this game after beating a few bad teams. We've kind of feeling ourselves like, yeah, like we're, we're on a little, little run here. And now we've got Luca, you know, so we, we should be able to, that should be make up the difference. And on top of that, the Suns didn't have Deandre Ayton. Yep. So If you're thinking like, okay, if KP, KP, if this is your game, this is your game to kind of show up where Da is not going to be waiting for you in the paint, you can kind of, you know, mix it up a little bit more. Um, But unfortunately, we we weren't able to keep that going. And you know, it's you know, it's the Suns for whatever reason we're cursed. I don't know what 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 the deal is, Uh, but I think one thing that a lot of people kept chirping about after after the game on Twitter was um the closing lineup had Luca Brunson and Tim Hardaway Jr, who you know, hasn't been sh- shooting super great as as mass fans know. And um that also hurts us on defense. So we, we I think a lot of people are saying, hey, you should be putting in uh, Reggie for these type of moments where you can get some wing help and you're not, um, you know, th- th- at least that's a plus defender with Luca and j b who are kind of. You know if he best. so it's tough. I yeah. think, I, th- I think it, uh, I think this loss doesn't take away from the, the progress we've made over the three games before that, but it just hurts the way that we lost that game and we won't have another shot at them. Um, unless we play them in the playoffs, which I hope to God we do not play them in the playoffs just because the way that they seem to pick us apart at every chance they get. Um, but I honestly think this team needs has some growing to do too. I think part of it is they're better than us at executing down the stretch. They have the talent that, you know, has been there, done that. And we're still figuring ourselves out um, during this stretch. So, you know, it is what it is. That's kind of where we're at.
1: Yeah. Yeah. KP coming back was great. There's a a few moments. We're kind of scary, man. It's scary seeing KP on matchups that he should win and he doesn't win. And that happens sometimes. The same thing with Jalen Brunson. Um, and I'm not even going to say Jalen Brunson should win all these matchups because, like, um, when, when Jalen Brunson is playing against a team with, like, the Raptors or, or like, the Thunder, you know, like, you know, they got SGA and Thunder, you know, Van Fleet. Like, I don't know, a team that's quick and has, like, decent decent guards, which is really all the teams that we played this week. Um, I, I don't know. Like, there there are a lot of matchups that I don't think these guys get to, like, play well or play with confidence uh we saw SGA get steals on on Chris Stapps you know um we saw Chris Paul playing great defense on on Chris Stapps in moments you know guys that are way smaller than Chris Stapps you would just think that he would he would either splash it right in their face or do something to um I don't know do something to cultivate some buckets and it's not quite happening and I, I think we saw that with both Brunson and Chris Stapps um this week which is I don't know, not super concerning but just um i don't know there's a little yeah i don't know
0: but the Suns, especially they are w- really well equipped with a lot of long defenders they've got um oh they've got and they got, Jay bridges, they've Jay got bridges they've got uh cam john they've got a lot of long guys and i and the little moves that jb normally you know gets away with he, they're not he he doesn't have that same wiggle room to do all those things. He really has to do him real bad to get like a good shot off. Um, and that's something he has to figure out. Cause when we get into the playoffs, there's gonna, we're going to be playing at, you know, teams that are, are more are longer and more athletic than, you know, um, and that's kind of what he ran into last year against the Clippers. So he, yes, he's gotten a lot better. And I have the stats to back that up, like over in the 27 games he started, He's averaged 18 points, six assists, four rebounds per game. He's just balling out. Um, but what we need that – what's tough is we need that against the really good teams when Luca is getting hounded or when KP is not himself. We definitely needed him against, against Phoenix, so that was kind of a, kind of a bummer. But yeah. we're still excited for Brunson overall. It's just he needs to perform in those games. Um, so – Let's, let's get into these weird articles that randomly came out on the same day. Everybody on Mavs Twitter was calling it, like, take a dump on the Mavs day. Like, it's the unofficial, you know, dump on the Mavs day. Yeah. Um, the first one uh, is written by uh, Dwayne Rankin of USA Today, and it's opinion piece, and it says, How long can Mavericks Luka Doncic avoid the criticism Lakers Russell Westbrook gets? Okay. So I'll just kind of briefly summarize it. I'm not going to, you know, get into the minutiae of the article, but it essentially says that Russ and Luca are similar in that they get triple doubles while uh, creating turnovers, not creating turns, but by making turnovers. And I felt like it was kind of a weird connection to make between the two. Um, And like uh, he kind of answers his own question, the way he presents everything. He says, basically, uh, creates the narrative that they're similar and that they, you know, get turnovers while, you know, um, earning triple doubles. And then uh, <laughs> he his own question saying the Lakers aren't winning despite Russ's contributions. Russ has uh, is getting paid a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, and uh, Russ has played with talented teammates. So like he's played with Kevin Durant, he played with Harden, he played with, in a second time in Houston. So he's played with like some all pro players and Doncic, on the other hand has had Porzingis and that's pretty much the extent of it. So I just thought it was a really weird framing of, of like a comparing them and b the conclusion we're making like, Oh, like why? Cause yes, like Luca gets turned, you know, he'll have high turnover numbers occasionally, <clears throat> but I think the difference is even, uh, like Luca contributes to winning basketball despite having not having a whole lot of help. So that's the big disconnect. I feel like once we actually do get Luca help, God help us, please. Let's get Luca some help. Then like, I think that like, it'll be, it'll be easier on him. And you know, um, I just, it just just seems so random. It, It seemed like he just like, Oh yeah, he gets triple doubles too. Let me compare him to Luca.
1: Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not sure if it was so much random. I think this is like an opportunistic thing because like we saw. I don't know if you saw how viral went when Russell Westbrook got benched in the in the last few minutes against the Pacers. Um, big game for the Pacers. Pacers went on kind of a kind of a, a good run. Like they, they they had a real tough schedule. Um, they had a real tough week, and they delivered against. Um, I, they beat the Lakers and then I don't have the schedule pulled up. I know they beat someone else who was raw as hell right after they beat the Lakers. But anyway, um, Pacers <laughs> trash again, like rebuilding team, you know, new coach. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're trying to make moves. Like, like they're, they're on the market. They're, um, you know, rebuilding. As I said, it's like this team beat the Lakers and the Lakers couldn't rely on Westbrook and Vogel. Who's on the hot seat? Very, very hot seat for letting lay, let GM uh, take the reins and and ruin the roster. And now Vogel is stuck with the team. And and I, you know people are mad at Vogel for, for being wishy washy and not not being a great coach and, and not you know, and letting the team basically just like go from the bubble to this. Um, Vogel made the decision. He's like, look, I can't afford to play Russ anymore because we have to win the games and he even said after the game he said I had to play the guys who I think are going to win the game and and that wasn't Russell Westbrook and so I mean I, that moment was big there's also reports that Russell Westbrook as he was getting benched he he almost left the game he tried to go to the locker room before the game and it was almost 4 minutes left he he was attempting to leave but you could see him on the bench um kind of getting into it some players some players like kind of talking him down you can see um you know there's some emotions on the bench and things a lot of emotion from russ and um i think that moment kind of probably inspired this because lucas also an emotional guy and and he's also kind of struggling now not nearly to the degree that russell westbrook is and russell westbrook has made even more violations like just certain things he said to the media and and the way he's handling this is a lot worse than lucas handled uh his criticisms so um I yeah, think honestly, that's kind of where they're going.
0: <laughs> before I read the article, I just I just assumed that it was about Luca's uh, attitude. I don't know why, like oh, like Russ kind of has an attitude with the media or like with other players. So like I thought it was more about you know Luca having attitude with the refs. But I, yeah, I think part of it too is you know we've talked about how Luca hasn't been in the best shape and he's coming back from injury and there's like a lot of you know things that. <clears throat> Haven't allowed him to be his best during the season. And I feel like the national media is just like, ooh, Luga's, you know, slipping. Let's let's just pounce on this, you know.
1: Yeah. Know. It's vicious. It's vicious. He is getting cooked <laughs> by the media. And I'm not gonna say rightly so, but but it is it's par for the course because Cause our boy is kind of struggling. He had he had big turnovers. Really, I mean, not huge, huge turnovers, but like against the Suns, bro, that was a very turnover heavy game. And that if if we controlled the ball, we would have uh, we would have had control of that one. Brunson, man, Brunson had um, uh, maybe the most assist, maybe the most turnovers he's had all all season. I know this is the first game he had equal equal or more uh, turnovers to uh, assists. So I mean yeah, he had eight turnovers and eight assists against mm-hmm. the Suns. And and eight turnovers for Brunson is like like kind of unheard of, bro. Like right. I mean, he usually just two, yeah. Right, yeah. He'll usually keep good control of the ball. Like, you know, it's something we've been praising him for all season. So I mean, yeah, like him and him and, and Luca kind of letting the ball <laughs> letting the ball a little a little loose these last few games. I'm sure that well, contributed. Funny,
0: it's a funny wrinkle to this story is that the writer is a like a Phoenix Suns beat writer. So, okay. so he's, I think, I, I think, you know, they kind of, you know, we kind of joke about like the Kings or like the Hawks, you know, they could have had Luca, but you know, Phoenix was first in line. Like they had their, their first shot at it. I think they've built really well around Ayton and, and with their guys. Um, but I think, you know, it, it, it kind of still fits within the agenda of like And let's not uh let's kind of like point out that the guy that we could have drafted isn't as great as you think you know and kind of yeah yeah oh yeah for uh, sure make it a piece about that but whatever it was weird it was random like in the end i think it was more clickbaity than anything because it just it didn't really like accomplish anything it kind of said what we already knew so, right.
1: And and we're really not quite there yet. Like yes, it's been a questionable. There've been like like this some of his numbers are very like I'm I'm not I'm not even going to say scary, but some of his numbers are questionable and like okay, like what's going on here? But we're winning games. We're not we're not the Lakers. We're not Russ, you know. Luka does not have a long history of being on good teams and padding his stats, you know, like yes, Luca's Luka's shot volume is ridiculous, but like it's not as Inefficient and egregious as as Russ has been and not for nearly as long like like and then Lucas 2022 20, as well, Russ is towards the end of his career and he and he makes that clear and, he, and he's very he's very vocal about how like, you know, like it, it's not you know, like he, he tries to deflect away from the game and Luca Luca will go inward and like kind of go into the game. And he'll say like, Luca he's admitted I need to shoot better I need to do this, better, I need to do this better Russ. He's his ego gets in the way, and also he does not care as much about winning as Luca does. So, so I mean, we're not we're not there yet at all. Definitely some clickbait. Like, <laughs> like we, we, if, if it's a few seasons of this, then yeah, um, I we, we could we will have we'll start having that conversation, but well, not not at all. Like,
0: it's just a weird. They're on a different trajectory. Like, Russ has had these talented teammates, and he's still. Kind of built his reputation that way. Luca hasn't really had any talented teammates. So, like, are we going to revisit this? Like, when he has talented, like, it's a weird, I don't know. Like, by the time he gets to the article, it's just like, okay, like, so he hasn't had talented teammates. He's worth the money we're paying him. And, like, we're winning. Like, so he's a loser. Like, does he need to get like loser tendencies, and then we can look? I don't know. It's so weird. I don't. Yeah. It's very the framework of it is is like shaky at best. So, um, the other article that came out yesterday yesterday is titled "The Dallas Mavericks are consistently white in a black league. Why?" <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, I read through that one also. And it's kind of uh it, it kind of summarizes how the Mavs how they believe that the Mavs have gone out of their way to trade for white players, giving players like Chandler Parsons more power than the GM, and how Dallas's white population may be the reasoning behind building the team this way. Um, I kid you not. That's part of the bit.
1: So stupid. Yeah.
0: So I I think like as a Mavs fan, we've kind of joked about it. I think we've kind of like talked about like how close our team has been to being like, you know, ha- from having a, a Whites or the superior race starting lineup or <laughs> the light skinned all-stars or, you know, we've got, you know, um, I don't know. What, what are your initial thoughts? Just, I know you, you know, f- from like the, the idea of the article.
1: I, it's interesting. And, and, it, this whole situation is really fascinating to me and I, I, I really I'm not sure where to go with it because obviously like the way they argue this they could have argued this better than they did because like bringing up bring up how the city's white they they brought up several examples within the article they, they were fair to their own arguments and they and the arguments aren't very good like like <laughs> but they backed that up and they showed all the facts the Mavs are a very white team but they pointed out several other organizations that that are in way wider areas uh, the trailblazers. Um, I got the article pulled up here, but I don't have uh, you know, th- there's a couple of examples of OKC, cities that are Portland. OKC also whiter than us. Um, yeah. Like these there are other cities that are wider than us. that that don't have this behavior. Um, so I mean, why would you know, like why would the Mavs like, like we're not as white as everywhere else and we're not super far off from from the average whiteness of uh, it's not like Dallas is a white city like nobody. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like this it's not really a white area, uh per se. Like we're not super, super, super white. Um so I mean okay, like I guess to say in twenty fourteen Mavericks had more non white fans than the league average. So yeah, they even cite here a five thirty eight article that said the Mavs are the Mavs fan base is less white than the other I can't believe we're saying that. I can't believe we're have this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> the Mavs fair. fans are less white than the other fans. But like <laughs> oh. <laughs> even marlo's mad about it like but like it's, it's a dumb argument because again yeah like we're not some super super white franchise white fan base it's not we're not the celtics all right like we don't have a super white uh thing going on um and but it was interesting because we are a very white team man and we failed to get a lot like we've had big headlines of us failing to get uh, you know, strong black players. You know, like these black all stars in free agency that always seem to skip over the Mavericks. Um, uh, and we've had just certain blemishes. I'm not sure if they got into the Rondo thing. Rondo, who's, I mean, you know me, man. Like anytime you bring up Rondo, I always have to like, like throw a little. Like, I'm a Rondo fan, but I always gotta throw a few little Rondo things. Despite what he did to the Mavs, if you like look at Rondo's body of work, like he's an incredible player. Whatever, whatever. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Not everybody agrees with me, but, um, you know, like the Rondo situation is very curious, very curious, like like why, you know, why didn't that pan out? And it's it's easy to pull the race card out because we don't have anything else to go off of. Uh, but like, you know, there are certain moments that kind of that kind of have that you could ask that question without. Knowledge of the situation, I guess, and and of course, happening to luck into two of probably what'll end up being the two greatest foreign players ever. I think that's fair to say. It it may be up for debate, but it's fair to say Dirk's probably the best foreign player ever, and Luca might be the next best foreign player ever. So, and those two seem like complete coincidences to me, and and as I pointed out in the tweet it's the league has been xenophobic with Luca, bro. Like the, the league is kind of afraid of certain foreign players. And that was a lot of the discussion around Luca and why he ended up going when he did, obviously, bro, he's a better pick than Bagley or, um, especially Bagley, but, but even Aiden, who I think is overrated at this point, Deandre Aiden, and we'll see how their careers pan out. But, um, I, I think like those two were picks that they might not have made if Luca wasn't a, a, a young, you know, white dude from from elsewhere. So I mean, like, there are certain racial things that kind of come into play. But I don't think that I I think a lot of this is just coincidence, you know, like, it's just coincidence. But the reaction has been interesting, because a lot of fans, that's, that's what struck me more, just seeing how the fans reacted, like, like, did you have any thoughts of the reaction, the tweet that initially, like, let this thing go went really viral. And more than there were likes, or retweets or anything was the discussion, like, it is not often you see a a tweet, an article being tweeted out and the discussion around it is, is doing a lot more volume than the likes or the whatever, like, the interactions were were interesting surrounding this article. And, um, and I, I think there might be a little there might be a a slight there might be like a, it's it's wallpaper in the room, I think, I I think this article is unfair and a bad argument, but I think there's wallpaper in the room. To where you could be like, yeah, bro, like, this team is really white. And I'm sure, like, people joke about it. I'm sure players joke about it in the league. But it's probably not a real, real thing that's, like, well, like, like, bad for the franchise. And the fact that there's so much discussion about it, the fact that it's so inflammatory, even if we're, like, shitting on the article, like, there's a little bit of truth to it. There's a little bit of truth <laughs> to the matter whiteness. And whether or not it's coincidence, whether or not it's hateful or anything, it's up for debate, but, like, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting.
0: I, I think it's part of... <clears throat> I was kind of just looking back to the players that we've had or like, it seems like during Dirk's prime, we couldn't get anybody, any superstars to join him. And then we still somehow win the championship. And then after that, that was like, okay, we definitely need to pursue the LeBrons, the Mellos, you know, like all the D- Dwight Howard's, all these dudes. And for whatever reason, they never jumped on. um, and so after after we couldn't get anybody, and it was just Dirk, um, we d- we didn't really value the draft at all. So it seemed like we would just um, we were more focused like, hey, like let's just get this bargain player like Maxi Kleber. Let's just get like let's let's get this you know cheap player that we can kind of develop. And I think Mark Cuban, it, it's mentioned in this article that he's he's very he's of the mind that a lot of like European players learn more about the game at a younger age and they can develop more into NBA ready players. Um, so that, that might've just been their shift of like, Hey, look, let's, let's, let's see if we can draft or bring in players that idolize Dirk. They actually want to be around Dirk. And then, you know, and I feel like there was a period where there was a lot of dudes that we kind of signed that you could tell, like, weren't super good, but like they at least wanted to be around Dirk. Um, yeah. So I think a lot of this, like whether it's Dirk's fault or not, I think it's kind of tied to him. And then, uh, you know, Donnie Nelson, uh, you know, our GM, you got, you got to think of, you know, how, what his relationships are like with, with other players and when they're trying to have those meetings and, and bring people in. And like, I think we, we've made, like, we, I don't know. It just kind of seems like there's, like we laugh about it. Like we kind of talk, like, oh, like we're we're a lot, you're not more light skinned than the other team or whatever. Um, some of that's culture that I think that may have been tied to the previous regime. Um, but I think yeah. now that we've got like Nico Harrison, who knows all of these, uh, all the best players, it's a different conversation. And I think. Um, maybe our culture wasn't the right fit for those people at that time or or whatever it might have been
1: yeah that's a good point that like the the dirk was a huge impact on that and the fact that we did have we did scout this great foreign player um and how we got dirk too like we we traded up or what did we do we drafted we traded dirk. with Milwaukee yeah we traded Milwaukee and um that ended up being like I mean obviously it, it turned out just crazy <laughs> Milwaukee screwed themselves over for sure, for sure, that might have hurt them, you know, more than we could even measure. But like
0: the and, and fact it, that we had great
1: foreign scouting and the fact that that's something that the Mavs have emphasized as a franchise that might that very well might be the reason why the team feels white. And and that's not a bad thing like so. So the Mavericks are good at, at scouting foreign foreign talent like like we maybe we just have not maybe we just have just happened to have guys in the organization. That are that are tapped in the European ball, you know, like yeah. that. That doesn't mean that, like, I don't know. That that doesn't mean anything, really. Like, this, it's not, it's not super notable. Yeah, like, do Europeans happen to be white? Yes. Uh, does do Europe have a long history of like, you know, just unrest and like, you know, just division based on, uh, whatever, whatever race and and this and that and like, I mean, Europe's got like white people, white on white crime, like, like we can't even like conceptualize, <laughs> like, like. You know, like, there's all just happens to be white people there, so I mean, the fact that we're good at scouting European talent, and that's something that we've emphasized I, as an I organization, think part it's of not it
0: bad. Is, yeah. I think we just kind of really leaned into it. And we that the, the thought process might have been like, oh, like, we we took care of Dirk, we turned him into this, or like, you know, maybe we can get people who look up to Dirk, and to, you know, because I think part of it was I, again, I don't, I don't want to uh over uh, overhash the point, but I think. I think Dirk, I think part of it was like, who, who wants to play with Dirk? Who wants to be around? And, and he, he was always kind of an outsider among the best players in the league at the time. You know, they didn't really understand his game. It was kind of weird unorthodox, and, you know, but if you're a kid like Maxi Cleaver going up and growing up in Europe, like Dirk is your MJ, like Dirk is like who, like I, you know, they, you know, they strive to be one thing I wouldn't, as we're as we're kind of getting closer to the trade deadline, and we're talking about adding talent, like th- that needs to be considered. Not 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 so much like like yes, like they're from Europe, awesome. But like are are, are we gonna? I just don't. I feel like we've had a uh, a habit of holding on to guys just because, like you know, they're a, a good euro that we have a great relationship with, or like you know, he's our you know our type of player, um, and uh, whatever. So.
1: Definitely, yeah.
0: I, anyway, le- leading leading into the, the Mavs trade rumors, uh, there really wasn't a whole lot of popping off for Mavs as far as uh, specific rumors. Um, the main rumor that Mark Stein tweeted out was essentially that um, because of the Mavericks' recent defensive uh, resurgence uh, as a number four-ranked defensive team, um, they're not as interested in Pacers' center, Miles My- Turner. And on top of that, Miles Turner also has, like, a foot injury that he, you know, is going to be dealing with probably through the rest of the deadline. So um, that's no longer a, uh, a possibility, it seems like. I, I wasn't so sure that they would take any Mavs players back, but what, what do you think of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, the Pacers, just uh, how they have Rick. You know, just the way that the team's rebuilding. Yeah, they might not want. They might not want some of the guys we have. They are some of our guys might not want to go to the Mavericks or go to the Pacers. Um, yeah, the Miles Turner injury is kind of concerning. I guess he missed a lot of time last year, but like he's only just now re-aggravated it after after playing pretty well and you know doing his thing and, and you know chugging along, being a good asset for the for the whole you know early part of the season. So I mean. I don't know. Like it's a little disappointing. It's a little disappointing to hear like, oh yeah, like this is like completely not going to happen. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. You know, you'd like to imagine that there's like all types of different scenarios and like all these different things going on. You know, like imagine if imagine if it was your job to like trade for players. Like imagine just all the the just the the Xs and Os, like the different scenarios that you could come up with to get Miles Turner over here. You know, like you 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 want to hear that that they have that there's some way you know, we, we can make it happen, but yeah, I mean, it's a little disappointing and, and it's not, but it's, you know, it's not something we haven't heard before. <laughs> um, I'm not like super, you know, Miles Hunter 25 years old. He's a Texas guy. Like, I'm not super concerned about his foot injury. Like, you know like we're seeing you know some certain foot injuries i guess people get real nervous about i'm sure there are some guys some experts in the in the, in the industry that can like you know they see a certain injury they're like nah it's not gonna work for us it's not gonna work for us it's not gonna work for us and You're looking at zion now who i who i have on my fantasy basketball team and i'm i'm literally trying to give him away for beans uh drafted him like sixth so disappointing like <laughs> Zion might be like one of the biggest busts in the in the history of the NBA Um, and it's because of an unfortunate foot injury so I mean it's a big deal Um, you know but yeah it's unfortunate he would have been a great maverick I think like like he he gets buckets he could shoot like Mm -hmm. strong big guy like we could use that length we could use we could use a confident big man here Uh, I think we even saw it right yeah right? for sure okay. for sure not yeah Zion.
0: yeah <laughs> not <laughs> Zion yeah it's my, my
1: bad my bad <laughs> sorry to go for a
0: broken player oh I know yeah um <laughs> yeah that's it. what's crazy is you like you mentioned he's a Texas guy but he's one of those players that you know grew up watching Dirk and they like he's a big Mavs fan I think in the offseason they asked him like what's your favorite championship it's like oh like when Dirk won the title with um uh, uh with with the Mavs against the Heat um So I think it's just kind of, there's not a lot. I feel like recently there's been more players that have said, you know, that they respect that whole, that whole run and everything. And uh, we're just kind of like, Ooh, like that, like we found a guy who respects what the have done with Dirk. Oh my gosh. Like he'd be great. Like, you know, sign him up. Um, Yeah. I don't don't know. That's what kind of hurts is like, we feel like, he, he could be one of our guys just based off of like the conversations we had, but man, I don't know what, what, what kind of move we make. Uh, if, uh, cause miles Turner would basically push KP to the four, which is not his best. Uh, he, he needs, he does best hit the five. Um, so while we could possibly make it work, um, I don't know, we, we kind of need to figure something out. Um, yeah, because that because that's what kind of where we're as a as an organization, we've we've had like a great stretch of games for the past like 20-ish games where we're kind of going on this winning streak and you know, top of you know, top five defensive. You know, do you think that changes the the converse? Like, h- how do you think that affects the conversations that they're having? Where nor- like earlier, like, yeah, let's get rid of this person, let's get to that person, but now that we're on the stretch like how do you feel about like are we good as is we just need to stay with what we've got or like no we gotta like add some more to it i don't
1: i I really think that whatever if we could get any sort of talent and add any kind of talent to inject into the roster if, if if our net talent can go up at any level then that's the move to make and i don't care if it's a big man i don't like if we gotta if look if we gotta struggle with with some lineup things like okay well how is KP gonna play with about the da, 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 da. how's how Brunson gonna play? Like I don't know, like Brunson's better with playing with him. Like what if we got rid of him? You know, like like if we have to deal with certain things like that, I'm okay with it if, if we have if the ability goes up. You know, I, I think it's all about just injecting more talent in here. And um because I don't know, guys like Reggie who's whose minutes kind of like kind of took a drop recently for the better. You know, and he's he's shooting less and his numbers are actually going up. I, I just off the dome. I, I'm pretty sure his three point numbers have gone up in recent weeks. But his, you know, his volume. He's, he's taking more careful shots. He's not as, uh, he's not in the game as much. He's playing a little bit less minutes. Um, you know, like certain adjustments we can make like that. Um, forgot where I was even going, but like. I'm not super worried about the adjustments and like the chemistry between the team because it's not it's not super on point now. Any sort of depth we could get, I'm with it. So like, I I'm a little disappointed that like that that West is completely off the table because of an injury because that talent that we could have had with that with Miles Turner is um is is good. I mean, but yeah, it's hard to like it's hard to let guys go when you see that the team's doing kind of well, they're kind of putting it together but at the same time man we're like we're we're not we're not a contender yet we're not like we're not all the way yeah. there we got it. we still have to shake it up and shaking it up will be a good thing man for for the Mavs I think because we haven't done that at all getting Reggie Bullet bro keeping Tim for so long i'd hate to i hate to like give brunson a bunch of money and then we we kind of stagnate you know or i i'd hate for us to like not do anything and we kind of like stay where we are now and the shooting doesn't improve and you know, shooting's gone down across the league. It's not like, uh, it's 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 not like the team's bad or like it's not like the team's gonna like get so much better that like oh we're gonna get the shooting together. Like it might just be like we we it slowly comes together and we just got to deal with Luca having a bad year. We got to deal with Reggie having a bad year. Timmy having a bad year. We got to deal with that. Um, but if that's where we're at, then like let's get some talent in here. I'm, yeah. Really, any move, any move, um, like that—that net positive—I'm down for across any position, across any position, especially like especially a guard or something. But but yeah, if we can find a way
0: to get like more help on the wing or like a playmaker, I think a center could you know with the right center could be a good. I don't know if we could figure out a way that fits that they fit with KP. That's kind of what we're looking for. Um. Yeah, I'm kind of of that me- mentality too. Like I, I'm almost because I like I see these guys doing good and they're on the you know helping out whether it's Josh Green or uh Dorian Finney-Smith or you know. When when you play a, g- a game like the Suns, you kind of reminded like, okay, like we're not quite there yet. Like that there was a few things that could have done better, but to really be a contender, we can't rely on these guys every single night. It it like this this mix of players, the way that you know. Um, they're concurrently constructed, but I, there there's, I saw this one trade proposed. I don't know. I want to run this by it and then we'll kind of get on to our next segment. But um, so we do a trade with the Kings and the Mavs receive buddy healed and Rashawn Holmes and the Kings receive Tim Hardaway, Jr. Maxi Kleber, Josh green, a 2027 first round pick and two future second round picks.
1: I wouldn't make that trade. I would make that trade. I'll make that trade easy. But we get rid of Timmy. If you get a buddy, but yeah, like I would make that trade. Rashawn Holmes, man, like big beast. Timmy for Buddy. I I would make that trade so quick. I think that would be really good for the Mavs, man. Like I would take that you said you said Timmy and who else?
0: Maxi Kleber.
1: Team Maxie, Josh
0: Green, a twenty 2027 first round pick. So that's five years from now. And two future second round picks.
1: Man, I think that's the package we need to be shopping. That's a great pack. That's that. That's a. Those are those are three. Maxi, bro, I, I turned on the Sun game like a few minutes late. Like like just like like, halfway through the first quarter or something. Maxi already missed five buckets. <laughs> he has not been <laughs> shooting well, bro. It's not like, just okay. five buckets, five threes, bro. Like and, and Timmy uh, again, man. Like against the Thunder. It, like where well, that game was close because of him <laughs> like, like I, I mean you can't paint all the blame on him but if he played ba- if he like didn't play like trash and he didn't play super bad like like he, he did put up like i think 12 points that night or you know like he, he got some buckets he got some good buckets but he missed too many buckets bro like he, like you're shooting 25 uh, percent from the field 30 percent from the field and then making a couple threes like but but you missed 10 what? buckets like you pretty much gave them the best that's, that's, that's like 10 turnovers damn near it's like dude
0: what's kind of unfortunate is if we were trying to trade tim hardaway jr last year it'd be a lot easier because he was having a career year he was doing great and he was was the second uh the best player on the team he was the best player in the porzingis trade his stock was super high uh now trying to trade him now his numbers are down across the board um And I feel like you almost hope that the other team is like, Hey, I know he had a good stretch last year. I think we can get that out of him. I think we can, they have to convince themselves or talk themselves into it. And we have to, you know, throw in the sweetener to kind of like make the deal look a little bit better. And maybe, you know, I don't know. I would, I'd be really curious if we find a way to trade Tim Hardaway Jr. at his current like trade value. Um, but if we I I would be for a move like that where Rashawn Holmes is a good uh good big that could really help us out and Buddy Heald can kind of help out with the the three-point shooting hopefully he gets better you know if he gets better shots than what he did in Sacramento maybe you know he, he can kind of take a little leap with Luca
1: yeah yeah I think that would be entirely possible man and like people don't like his defense but like I don't like Timmy's defense uh I, I liked Cleaver's defense for a lot for a long period of time this season, but like I, I'm not I'm not like super I'm not super high on that now. Like I'm not super convinced that he's like, you know, a, a super strong defensive guy either. Like I don't think we'd be losing much.
0: With that, but that deal specifically, we keep we're keeping Dorian and we're keeping Reggie. And we like we still have a lot of the, the wing defenders that have been helping us out uh on this stretch. So it, you know, I, I, I'm okay with it. We'll see, yeah, we'll see if I feel like the,
1: I feel like the Kings may, might not take that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I mean they might as well, bro. Like they they're just like like a, a few seasons ago they had they had a they had moments they had stretches where it was like okay, yeah, you know, like, like you know they, they made the playoffs a few times like like they've had they've had moments where like okay we might be able to do this we're like fringe playoff team we might be able to like you know make some noise add a guy and then like you know maybe be on our way somewhere, but come on by now, dude, like like. They might as well make that trade and like just blow it up get some lottery picks. One
0: one thing to point out is the Kings might still be trying to figure out a way to get Ben Simmons. So (laughs) they're going to need everything, all the assets they have to try to get competitive with that. Maybe if like a domino falls and he gets traded somewhere else, then they're more willing to do something like this. Um, But who knows i don't know i don't know if they're gonna convince Simmons to go to Sacktown. town so
1: yeah the ben simmons thing is crazy like <laughs> it seems like they don't want to move it seems like the 76ers do not want to move him and they think that like i don't know something's gonna happen they're gonna like Someone's i don't like, know
0: but every it seems like they're turning down everything everything that yeah. you know is whatever um that's a whole nother deal but uh let, let's wrap up this segment I think we've kind of hinted at who we're thinking about, but this is (laughs) in in this segment leading up to the trade deadline, we pick a, we each pick a Mavs player that is definitely expendable. So they join the expendables and essentially whether they're playing good and we feel like their trade value went up or they're playing bad. We just don't want to see their face anymore. This is that segment where we send off Mavs to the expendables. So Jay, I have an idea of who you're you're thinking of, who's your expendable this week?
1: Yes, yes, we've said his name several times already in this episode. We've gone, we've gone in on it, man. We've criticized this part of his game, that part of his game. My expendable this week is Tim Hardaway Jr. All right, and last week I said, um, who did I pick last week? I picked one of my picks. Moses. Moses Brown. Moses. Moses Brown. Yeah. And yeah, chose
0: um, like Moses.
1: Yeah, you got you got chose like Moses, but but that is, that's Timmy this week. Um, like just, uh, I, I'm just, I'm not super, I'm not high on Timmy at all, man. And he's not shooting terrible from, from long. Like he's, he can shoot the ball, but I don't like his IQ. I don't like how often he shoots. I don't like his defense. Um, I really don't like his IQ. I'm, I'm going to say that again. Like <laughs> I, I'm telling you, there, there's so many moments throughout games where you're just like, you just you could feel a brick, you could feel it in your soul, and uh, you could feel a bad not 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 just a brick. You could feel like he's taking he's, he's taking the shot too quick, or you could you like just watch him with the ball, and you already know what he's going to do. And you're not even a professional basketball player; you're just a, a fan, and you could just like I don't know, like his his, his he's not really balling out there. He's, he's not super convincing to me. Um,
0: Very I think streaky.
1: I, yeah, very, very streaky, and I think that he'd be great on a different team. I think he, I think other teams really, really could. We could really sell him on like, okay, maybe he could, like, he could come off the bench, and certain, certain roles, man, like certain things. You put him in certain plays, and you could just have him do his thing, and it'll be nice when you don't have to have him try to be making plays when, when you don't give him all this confidence when you don't have Luca and KP like trying to feed him. Um, I, I don't know why Luca. I don't know. A lot of times, Luca passes the ball to Hardaway, and I'm like, dude, why did you like just just take it in, take matters into your own hands? You know, just like take it to the hole yourself. And 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 you know, Tim Hardaway with his little with his little shooting with his three point percentage, he's like, you know, he's he's looking real tempting to just kick it out to him and like just have him have him finish the playoff. But like, that's not a good idea a lot of times for the Mavericks, dude. Like, we need to have we need to emphasize different guys um i mean and yeah but that's that's what it is with with timmy bro I'm, he's just not he's just not really our guy it's just not working out really he's, he's not raw <laughs> and um but yeah i mean he's playing he's playing a decent amount of minutes what's he's averaging i mean I, I i off the top like you know 25 30 minutes but like, yeah, uh, I'll just add on Timmy, bro. Like the game, really the game against the Thunder was like very frustrating to me because seeing that he he was, I'm not going to say the hero, but like seeing how like we needed him to step up, he, it was like, all right, like Timmy's got to make this and then this has to happen. And then Timmy's got to like, like he's, he's a part of the final plan. That I just don't like that. That's how that's where we ended up and and since he did miss he has missed a few shots he did you know make a few bricks late suddenly the game was close and because the other team went on a little run and uh you know like we, we can't we can't be dealing with that as often as we do <laughs> and right. we I, it happens too often And it's been a story of the mavericks for literally like two three years now since we got him damn near i mean you know yeah obviously had some great great moments towards the end of the last season and it'll probably happen again this season. We're towards the end of it. He picks it up uh, as it becomes closer and closer to actual crunch time. I think we'll see him perform better. But, um, but yeah, like, that's my guy, man. Do, do you have anybody that's that's on your list of expendables?
0: Well, I think um, <clears throat> after seeing them put Maxi Kleber in this trade, I'm kind of like... <laughs> yeah. I, I don't... It's just... Like like you said, the way he kind of went on like a shooting drought, I almost feel like Maxie and 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 Tim are almost in the same weird funk where they're either on for like all the way or they're, you know, five games and later and then they're back on, you know?
1: Right, um, right.
0: But with the tricky part with that is, you know, what <laughs> you're convincing the other team like, hey, we're getting a good defender who can move around and, you know, handle the wings and the guards. Um I just – I don't know. Dorian Finney-Smith has been playing really well. I feel like we're in a weird spot with him and Jalen Brunson where, like, we have to either pay them at the end of the season. We have to pay them both. And then if we keep the team as is, then we're paying Luca, KP, Tim, Jalen, Dorian. Like, that's not the team that you want to be paying, like, big money to – that, that's not a championship team as is so
1: yeah not quite not quite yeah so
0: as much as i don't want it to happen uh i i feel like dorian might be the kind of next vulnerable player as because he is kind of rising his stock and and maybe like another team can see his value um but i feel like Jalen, i i have a feeling jalen's is going to stay a maverick and, we, and he gets paid because you know He's going to be hard to replace as a secondary playmaker. I think with, with the addition of Reggie Bullock, I think hopefully he can take that role if Dorian does get traded. So um, we'll see. So yeah. right now I, I would kind of say Maxi, but as far as like who has value, it's probably going to be Dorian. Oh, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I do like Maxi. Like I think he's, I think he's very sellable. I think there are teams that could use him. I think he's raised his stock as, as he's played with the Mavericks as he's, you know, moved up. He's had flashes of incredible defense, flashes of like great basketball IQ. Like you could see him and really and imagine like, okay, like this this guy's a good asset. Like you know, he'll, he'll play some good defense here and there. But but yeah, there's just a lot of a lot of just questionable moments that you might even be able to like chalk up to coaching or something. But but even if that's the, even if that's the case, then yeah, like let's let's get him out of here because you know. Like, let's get something with a little bit. Let's try something different because yeah. this, isn't, this isn't optimal for either of us. That's the you know?
0: question. Are we going to raise the talent going into the trade deadline or are we going to stick with the talent we have and trust the coaching to get these players at like a contender level of playing?
1: Yeah. What scares me about Brunson, man, sorry to cut you off, but like freaking we we gave Timmy so much money because he was playing hot and he kind of slowed down like – I would, I would hate to like give Brunson all the money he's wanting. And there, there was, there's some numbers being thrown around finally this last, you know, last couple of weeks. Oh yeah.
0: Four and, years, 80 million.
1: Yeah. And like, that's a lot of, that's a lot of bread, right? <laughs> Like I would, I would hate, I, I'm, I'm almost like, I'm, I'm cool with shipping a lot of these guys out. Like if we could come up with some good packages. Cause yeah, like some, a lot of their stock is high Timmy, We've seen them put up big numbers like we've seen Maxi put up big numbers like Maxi had a game with like five blocks in it this season or something like we've seen everybody do well yeah man it's it's time it's time Brunson is a starter in the league but he could be six man of the year on a different team on the Mavericks like you know we really don't know what he is but he's starting and and we need him to ball out and and he's been balling out so it'd be a great Maverick but he'd be great on most of the league you know so interesting it's interesting it's interesting, we'll but I'm ready to make some moves. I'm ready to make some moves, even if it's like, even if it's scary. It might feel, it might, feel, we might be nervous, bro. It might be something Mavs have never felt before because we don't have super too many blockbuster trades going on here.
0: We don't have a whole lot of uh, turnaround. It's it like we've had the same team essentially for the past two years, I guess. Yeah, years. So it's time. It's time. But I think we're all itching for it. So hopefully, hopefully, Nico puts some some good packages together, and we'll keep you guys posted. Um, Good news. Next week, we've got the legendary Lauren Gunn hopping on the pod. So we're really excited to have her back. Yes. And um, yeah, I think uh, we're if real quick, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple podcasts, and and we'll uh, answer your question at the end of the month. Um, so we just keep uh, submitting those in. We can uh, take care of that mailbag question for you. And, Be sure to follow us on Instagram at buckets and beyond and Twitter at buckets beyond we've been buckets and beyond. Thank you for tuning in. We're out of here. Peace out.